What if I told you that there was something you could do that would guarantee you a place among the saints in heaven? What if I said that this singular activity came with a promise for peace in your heart, peace in your family, and peace throughout the world? But wait, there's more. This action also promises an outpouring of graces and that you will never be conquered by misfortune. What if I told you it would take less than 20 minutes a day and that the only equipment required would cost as little as a dollar or two, or in many instances could be obtained for free? This activity, my friends, is the prayer of the rosary. And today on the Glorify podcast, we are going to talk about what it is and why Catholics pray it. We're going to talk about whether the rosary is useless babbling, which Christ warned us against. We'll talk about a singular miracle every person can quickly experience in their own lives when they begin to devoutly pray the rosary. And of course, we will seek to glorify God by sharing a few ways the rosary has borne fruit in the life of... Well, me, your host, Stephanie Engelman. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Glorify Podcast, where we share stories of God's miraculous work in our lives while seeking to deepen our relationships with the Lord so we can overcome worry and experience peace and even joy during difficult times. I'm your host, Stephanie Engelman, author of A Single Bead and the upcoming middle grade fiction, Max Mission Diary, Operation Save the Summer. More importantly, I believe in miracles and I'm on a mission to spread the good news of Christ at work in the lives of everyday people. Are you ready to be inspired? Are you ready to find peace in your heart? It all starts with giving glory to the Lord and that's what we're here to do. Today's topic is one of my very favorites because this was a prayer, it is a prayer that truly changed my life. And of course, I want to start off with a story of a miracle. And I don't know if this miracle will make the kind of impression on you that it makes on me, but it was a very, very memorable miracle in my own life. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to share the miracle that really, truly is the reason for my devotion to the rosary. But um, this one is is so remarkable that I'm going to share it at the beginning. If you are a regular listener, you probably know that my husband, Ray, suffered a heart attack in November of 2015. And that as a result of that heart attack, he had a very serious brain injury. And before I go any further, I will tell you that Ray is largely recovered. He does continue to suffer some effects of brain injury, but he is very much still alive and um, his heart is ticking probably better than it was when he was, you know, a 40-year-old man and and he's uh, 10 years older now. So after Ray's heart attack, he was in a near vegetative state. They had given him some drugs that was inducing some of that, but we had seen no action from him. We didn't at all know what his brain level activity was. And um, and so we were very, very concerned. And it was several days after the heart attack and brain injury that I was praying at his bedside. It was the first time that things in the room were quiet enough that I felt like I could just sit there and pray a rosary at his bedside. As I was praying this rosary, Ray moved the pinky on his left hand, which happened to be the hand closest to me. And it was, like I said, it was the first movement that he had shown since the heart attack and the brain injury. And I felt that that was very, very significant, that that the first rosary I prayed at his bedside would come with just this tiny little movement. 
Two days later, I was in his room again. I was with his parents. We had been waiting all day to speak with the doctor and hear the results of his MRI. And we knew that it probably was not going to be good news. Ray had been without a beating heart, without breathing for a prolonged period of time. We still don't know how long that was, but it was long enough that we knew that the brain damage was very extensive. And so we had waited all day, I mean, literally since eight o'clock in the morning, and it now was maybe 2.15 in the afternoon. And this doctor finally comes walking in. And my problem was my children were being pulled out of their classes at school in order to go to our chapel and pray a rosary with our church community. And I had promised them that I was going to be there and I didn't want to not be there. So the doctor finally walks into the room when I should be leaving and I should be headed to the school to pray with my kids. And this poor doctor, she's obviously, she's young, she's new. She's, she was dreading having to tell this family terrible news about this 43 year old man who was laying in front of us all. And after she introduced herself, I looked at the clock and I I looked back at her and I said, I've got to go. Ultimately, you can't change anything. I'm going to go talk to somebody who can. And by that, of course, I meant I was going to go talk to God. And then I said, I'm going to go pray the rosary with my children. And the moment I said, I'm going to go pray the rosary, it was like that word rosary, Ray's hand shot up into the air and I'm, his whole arm, his whole right arm just shot up into the air. And I felt like he was saying, yes, yes, that's exactly what I need. I need prayer. You know, I need the prayer of the rosary. He had moved his pinky that first time. And now here I am just mentioning the rosary and his arm is shooting up into the air. And of course, you know, he he went on to make this miraculous recovery. And again, we never know. We don't know how how much of that was the action of God and the intercession of our prayers coming into play and how much of that, you know, would have happened regardless. But I'm a believer, a strong believer in the power of prayer. And I really believe that it was the the prayer that was offered at his bedside, the prayers that we were offering in our church and at the chapel, the masses that were offered for him, all of those things, I believe, contributed to the very remarkable recovery that he made. Because in fact, the news that that doctor gave to Ray's parents after I had left the room that day was that he would most likely never walk or talk again. And Ray does indeed very much walk and talk. And, um, and he does, you know, he has a meaningful life with a family that loves him. And for that, we are grateful. So again, there's, there's a bigger miracle. There's a miracle that happens for each and every one of us. And that is still to come. So stay tuned. First, let's talk about what the rosary is. The rosary is a prayer that was given to a man whom we now call St. Dominic, in an apparition of Our Lady in, I believe, and I have not researched any of this, I'm just talking off the cuff. So if I get anything wrong, please forgive me. But I believe it was in the 15th century that Our Lady appeared to St. Dominic and gave him the rosary and asked him to pray the rosary. It's loosely, um, its origins can be found in the praying of the Psalms, which the monks used to do. Uh, They would go through and use prayer beads to help them remember where they were in reciting the Psalms. But the rosary takes us through the life of Christ in a series of 15 mysteries. And then St. John Paul II added an additional five mysteries called the Luminous Mysteries back in, again, speaking off the cuff, somewhere around 2000. 
So the mysteries, the mysteries that we walk through in Christ's life begin with the first set of five are the joyful mysteries. So they're the, they're the stories revolving around his birth and childhood. So they are the Annunciation of the Angel Gabriel to Mary, the Visitation of Mary to her cousin Elizabeth, the Nativity, uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, the Presentation at the Temple, and Finding the Child Jesus at the Temple. These five mysteries go together. We pray them on a single single rosary. And with each one, with the, as we meditate on these mysteries, we pray 10 Hail Marys. So you meditate on, um, you know, the when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. And while you're meditating on that, while you're thinking about that, you're also saying these, these 10 Hail Marys. And we pray those traditionally on... Mondays and Saturdays and used to be Thursdays, but now the luminous mysteries that St. John Paul II gave us have for many people replaced the joyful mysteries on Thursdays. Then there are the sorrowful mysteries, which of course are uh, about Christ's passion and death. So the agony in the garden, the scourging at the pillar, the crowning with thorns, carrying the cross and the crucifixion. Those traditionally are prayed on Tuesdays and Fridays. And then the glorious mysteries are the events surrounding his resurrection, the resurrection, the ascension, the descent of the Holy Spirit. And then we offer two decades as well and meditate for two decades on Mary and her action in the life of Christ and our own lives and um, where she's spoken of in the Bible. And there is a lot of biblical, I don't have time to get into this, but there's good sound biblical support for this. And so we meditate on the assumption of Mary into heaven and the crowning of Mary, queen of heaven and earth. And again, if you're a Protestant, I know those are probably very uncomfortable topics for you. But there is a lot of biblical basis for that. And um, and if you reach out, I'm happy to help provide some of that. So then the luminous mysteries, which actually I know this is very controversial. Traditional Catholics are not huge fans of the luminous mysteries, but they're kind of my they're they're among my favorites. I love the luminous mysteries. I've had some incredibly fruitful meditations. And in fact, I uh, just yesterday had a really beautiful, fruitful meditation on the baptism of Jesus, which is the first of the luminous mysteries. And then the second is the wedding at Cana. Again, oh my goodness, that that story and meditating on that mystery was life-changing and life-giving for my marriage. The third is pro- proclaiming the kingdom when, when many people will think about the Beatitudes in particular. The fourth luminous mystery is the transfiguration of Christ. And the fifth is the institution of the Eucharist, or as as Protestants know it, the Last Supper. So that's what the rosary is. And hopefully in my description, you can tell that it's actually a very Christocentric prayer, that it's it's centered on Christ. And we are we are meditating on the life of Christ. We're not through much of it meditating on the life of Mary, although we are asking her to walk with us through these events, through through the life of her son, Jesus Christ, because of course she knew Jesus Christ better than anyone. And I want to address the question of, is this useless babbling? Because we're saying all these Hail Marys, if you pray a five-decade rosary, you, have, you will have prayed by the time you finish it, 53 Hail Marys. Is that useless babbling? And of course, in Matthew chapter six, verse seven, Christ himself says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Many people would argue that the rosary is 
babbling that we're just saying Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary again and again and again. We don't think we are being heard because we're saying Hail Mary so many times. We believe we're being heard because we are meditating on the life of Christ. And the Hail Marys become really a litany, almost a chant, a music in the background. It's not, we're not really thinking about the Hail Marys most of the time. Now, the Hail Mary does in fact come directly from the Bible. It's the words of the angel Gabriel. It's the words of her cousin Elizabeth to greet her. And then after that, we're simply asking her to pray for us. So these are words that come directly from the Bible, but they really become the background music to our prayer and our meditation on the life of Christ. And so it is not useless babbling. Moreover, I find that the rosary is a beautiful tool to help me in praying for an intention, especially something that I feel, you know, that, that is very, um, very dear to my heart that I feel very strongly about because when I hear, when I hear people pray and they're not users of the, they're not prayers of the rosary, I very often will hear them very repetitively ask for the same thing. So please heal my loved one of cancer. Please do this. Please do that. Please do this. Please do that. And, and you say it again and again, very often, you know, please, please heal so-and-so, please heal so-and-so, please heal my mom, please heal my mom, please heal my mom, or, you know, whatever the intention is. And that that ends up becoming, you know, something that we say again and again, and you think you're going to be heard because of the number of words that we're saying. Instead, when we pray the rosary, we state that intention one time, and then ideally we put it out of our minds. We place it with trust into the loving hands of our mother Mary, and we ask her to offer it to her son Jesus and to pray with us for this intention. And then we really try to stop thinking about it. Now, do we do that perfectly throughout a rosary? Probably not. But that is the goal that, you know, um, we have a, a young man in our community who attends high school with my two older children who has been diagnosed with a with a rare cancer called Ewing sarcoma. And so that young man is, of course, very much on my heart and my mind. And I can pray for him for 20 minutes. And all I have to do is at the very beginning of that rosary, say, I offer this rosary for Todd. And then I spend the next 20 minutes thinking about Christ. And in thinking about Christ, we become more like him. We become more of the person that he was, more more of the person that he wants us to be. So... Um, it's real. It's just such an incredibly beautiful and powerful prayer. And I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've experienced grace and peace through this rosary. I remember a time when my son was going in for surgery. He was an infant and he had to have a G tube placed and it's, you know, it was a minor surgery, but he had to be put under for it. And anytime anyone is going into surgery and that they're being, you know, put out for it, I, you know, that, that can be a little scary. And especially when it's your tiny, tiny little baby. So I was really overwrought about bringing Isaac in for the surgery the next day. And I went to the blessed sacrament chapel at my church and I prayed a rosary and I offered that rosary asking for the well-being of Isaac and that he would be brought through the surgery safely. And at the end of that rosary, I felt so much peace despite the fact that, you know, my son was still going under the knife the next day and he was still going to have anesthesia administered. 
And yet I felt this peace. And honestly, the peace was actually not, Stephanie, I'm going to take care of your son and everything's going to be okay. It was trust in divine providence. It was, well, God will take care of Isaac, but he will take care of Isaac in the way that he sees best. And he will take care of me and my family through all of that. And that single rosary that, you know, 17 to 20 minutes that I spent in prayer gave me the grace of trust in divine providence. And there's nothing else that can give us that level of peace other than trust in divine providence. And and I believe the rosary is, is really instrumental in gaining that. And in fact, you know, the rosary does come with 15 promises from Our Lady. I won't go through them all here today, but I listed some of them at the at the beginning of the show. A lot of them really revolve around the afterlife and that we will have the whole host of heavenly angels, you know, with us when we die and things like that. But some of them involve being delivered from misfortune, not being delivered from misfortune, but that we won't be conquered by misfortune. And again, something that I've seen in my own life that I've, I've had challenging times, but I've not been conquered by those times. And when people have said, you know, how do you do it, Stephanie? How do you still smile? How are you still joyful when your husband's in the hospital, when you're, you know, going through various trials and and challenging circumstances, when your baby is, is in NICU, how do you remain joyful through all of that? And the answer is by the grace of God. But I believe that much of that grace has come through the prayer of the rosary, through which I'm constantly seeing things, the events of my life through the lens of Jesus Christ, through the lens of his, his life and his stories. So I think that it's largely through that, that I have had that grace to not be conquered by misfortune. I have absolutely experienced this. And again, it's not anything that I do. It's the grace of God and the beauty of this prayer in particular, because it is indeed so Christocentric. So we have these 15 promises, and it's all about these graces that we're going to receive. And I've already mentioned, you know, seeing things through the life of Christ, seeing things through the lens of Christ. And that's the miracle that each and every one of us has available to us when we pray the rosary, when we pray it devoutly, when we pray it from the heart, that, that we begin to see things through the lens of Christ and it will bring a whole new light to our lives. So my example of this that I wanted to share with you today actually wasn't the story of Isaac. I threw that one in as a bonus, but uh, the story that really got me praying the rosary in the the first place, I, I guess I'd been Catholic for two or three years. And the rosary was not something that I had really picked up on. It was something that I did occasionally because that's what Catholics did. And I wanted to be a good Catholic, but I had not yet really developed a true devotion to it. We had some family members come from out of town to stay with us. And if you can imagine this, and I'm sure you can, um, I can be a little uptight sometimes and I can be very set in my ways. And having company. And I was, you know, I mean, this was when I was pregnant with my son, Isaac, who's now 14. So this was 14 years ago. I just didn't deal well with, with having company, frankly, and having, having things out of order in my home and not being able to go about my daily life. I hope that I've grown in this area and many thanks to the rosary. Anyways, I had an argument with one of our guests and I felt that I was completely justified because of some things that she and her husband had done in my home. Um, Looking back, it was very petty of me and I needed to just get over it. But at the time, it seemed like a big deal. 
And um, she got very upset with me. And then my husband took her side. And I was very upset with them both and very hurt that my husband took this person's side without even hearing my side of the story and understanding where I was coming from. And we had company, more company coming the next day. And I was trying to get the house clean. So I was totally stressed out. I was also pregnant, which I'm sure was not helping. I felt completely wronged. I felt, um, you know, I just, it was hugely blown out of proportion. But I went to a doctor's appointment and on my way to the doctor's appointment, I decided to go ahead and pray a rosary because that was what Catholics did and it was supposed to bring you peace and okay, fine, whatever, I'll do it. So I started praying and I remember that I was praying the joyful mysteries. It was actually a Saturday. I began as I was praying those mysteries, I began to feel a shift in my heart. I began to understand where I bore responsibility in this argument that I was not in the right, that I had culpability. And I prayed half of the rosary on the way to the doctor's office. I prayed the other half on the way home. It was a, you know, close doctor's appointment and actually pulled over to the side of the road to finish my rosary once I was in my neighborhood because I could feel this, this work within my soul. And it felt so monumental and so soothing and so peace giving and life giving that I did not want to stop. I knew that I had to finish that whole rosary. Finally, I get home. And I, by the grace of God, was able to apologize to this person. I was able to try to make up and, um, you know, smooth things over and improve the situation. You know, if that is happening in all of the challenging circumstances in our lives, if every time we have a problem, we bring it to the rosary and we gain peace and we gain perspective and we gain grace and courage and so much more through that you know, 17 minute prayer that in and of itself is such an incredible miracle and how are we not availing ourselves of this how are we as as catholics and guess what guys even as christians just because you're protestant doesn't mean that you can't pray this prayer and if you're uncomfortable with the marian aspect of it you can, you can change it. You can pray our fathers instead, or, you know, choose a favorite Psalm and, and pray, pray the Psalms instead while, you know, repetitively, because you need to be able to meditate on the life of Christ. But I mean, you, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, you know, maybe you could do that if that was more comfortable to you while meditating on the life of Christ. It's the meditation on the life of Christ that is truly the most powerful. And I know, you know, Protestants believe that we Catholics threw away our Bibles. And sadly, a lot of us did. But in a lot of ways, we kept it. We kept it on a string. It's on a string filled with beads. And that that string with beads gives us unimaginable grace because it sheds light on our entire lives. And when you frequently meditate on the life of Christ, all of a sudden, that meditation begins to illuminate everything. And so another mir- another small miracle, I was pregnant with our youngest son, who's now seven. And Ray, my husband, was completely not open to having another child. And I had done my best to honor his wishes while also remaining open to life as, as God calls us to. And God took advantage of whatever opportunity, you know, he had to go ahead and create life. And so just after I took this, this pregnancy test and I'm literally sitting in the bathroom 
and my hand is shaking, my knee is bobbing up and down. I'm, you know, my entire body is just quaking in fear and trembling. And I kept, you know, oh God, how can you do this to me? How can you do this? I can't believe I'm pregnant. And every time those kind of thoughts started to come to my mind, words that I had meditated on in the rosary replaced them. They, they like welled up in my mind to replace the negative thoughts. So God, how could you let this happen? Then that turned around and I thought, I am the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Or Lord, what is Ray going to do? Not my will, Lord, but yours be done would come to mind. And that's the fruit of the rosary. Like I hadn't, I hadn't spent enough time reading that scripture because it's not a scripture you read every day of the year. But guess what? If you're praying the rosary, it is a scripture that you meditate on twice a week. Or if you're praying 15 decades of the rosary a day, which I will tell you is a beautiful practice that I've been graced to do throughout periods of my life. And those have been the most grace-filled times in my life. If you're praying all 15 decades of the rosary, you're meditating on those instances, those stories in the Bible where Mary showed perfect, trustful surrender to divine providence, where Jesus Christ himself showed perfect surrender to divine providence. And when we meditate regularly on those examples, we begin to become more able to do it. And it is in that that we find joy, that we find peace, that we find the ability to live these lives with grace and happiness, no matter what life throws our way. So I exhort you today, please, as I record this, it is the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. And Our Lady of Fatima begged the children at Fatima to please pray the rosary every day. And she promised them peace in the world if they would do it, among other things. Please, it is a 17-minute prayer. Find a way to work it into your day. Give up some television. Give up video games. Give up, you know, time on social media. Take a walk and pray the rosary while you're walking. Pray it while you're driving. Pray it while you're doing laundry. There are so many ways that you can fit this into your day. My brothers and my sisters, I am telling you, I have five children. I have a husband with a brain injury. I have a business that I'm trying to run. I have a home that doesn't fix itself or clean itself. And I manage to pray this prayer every day. If I can do it, I know there are people out there with much worse circumstances than I have. But in most cases, if I can do it, you can do it. It is 17 minutes. It comes with the promise of peace and grace and a place with the saints in heaven. Pray it, pray it. Take those 17 minutes today and please pray the rosary. This has been the Glorify Podcast. I love you. I hope you've enjoyed this, this episode. I hope it's inspired you to pray the rosary. If you have any questions, please reach out. I love talking about the rosary. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. Please subscribe and please listen again. And in the meantime, let's go glorify God with our lives, with our prayers, with our dedication to our meditation on the mysteries of the rosary, the mysteries of Christ, the life of Christ himself. Thanks for listening. God bless.